0: Live and local. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. It is a Saints touchdown. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this gun kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holberg, And a great good afternoon.
1: Happy Wednesday, the middle of the week. It's March 16th, the year 2022. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Thank you so much for joining us. My main man, James, back in the master control suite in the game studios, which is on the campus of Delta Media, which houses 1037 the game. That, in conjunction with 1041 the game in Lake Charles, uh, makes a Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Yours truly here, Studio 1A. Great to be with you. And as we speak, still no quarterback news for the New Orleans Saints. Three o'clock this afternoon is when deals can be consummated. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Apparently, the Atlanta Falcons are meeting with Deshaun Watson. Um, we'll deal with all things New Orleans Saints. Chris for Glue will join us here in just a few minutes with all the latest updates. The Saints have um, gotten some some more salary cap relief. They've picked up a safety. They've reached some extensions with some other players that are going to come back. Uh, so we'll get the very very latest on. The New Orleans Saints, the LSU men's basketball team has departed for Milwaukee, where on Friday they'll take on Iowa State. The NCAA tournament got underway last night with the play in games in Dayton, Ohio. Great to see Johnny Jones, the former Tiger, the bullet, my dear and dear friend, Texas Southern with with a win over Texas A&M Corpus Christi to get things underway. They next face number one seed, Kansas and uh, Indiana took care of Wyoming in the nightcap. Indiana will next play St. Mary's. The tournament gets underway in uh, full force tomorrow. I got to get a TV here, some way to be able to watch all the games while I'm attempting to talk to you. But the tournament is underway. A little bit harder than it had to be, but the LSU baseball Tigers completed its pre-Southeastern Conference schedule with a seven-to-five win over Tulane. The game was in doubt until the uh, the magical moment of the evening. With LSU up six to five, two lanes. Gavin Schultz um, took off from third base on a fly ball to right field. Giovanni Giacomo made the catch through the home plate. Hayden Travinsky tagged out Schultz. LSU maintained a six five lead in the top of the eighth inning. Players flew out of the dugout celebrating waiting to greet Giacomo who has uh, proven time and time again that he needs to be in the starting lineup and stay in the starting lineup LSU gets the win over McNeese excuse me uh, over over Tulane by the score of 7 to 5 um Eric Reiselman got the win, went two and a third, uh, struck out six, walked one, didn't allow a hit, didn't allow a run on 33 pitches. Pretty good night. Uh, the Tigers picked up eight hits. DiGiacomo got two of them. Jordan Thompson also got two of them. And Trey Morgan got two of them. So the Tigers beat Tulane yet again. Um as they have done, I think, five straight times now that um, LSU has beaten Tulane. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Tigers won their fifth straight game, improved to 14-3 on the year. The Tigers open Southeastern Conference play six thirty Friday. They play host to Texas A&M at Alec Box Stadium, Skip Bertman Field. So we'll have basketball on. We'll have baseball. We've got all kinds of stuff um, going on along those lines. Uh, the Pelicans last night fell victim to – The Phoenix Suns, 131 to 115. Phoenix shot 54% from the field, 53% from downtown. They made 18 of 34 from behind the arc, and they were a perfect 15 of 15 from the free throw line. They had 35 assists on their 49 made field goals. They are a spectacular team. We'll talk hoops with Ali Cassell to start off our number two, straight up at 3 o'clock. We'll talk about the Pels. We also have to talk about all these scoring sprees that are going on. Um, Last night, Kyrie Irving had 60. Um, 60. Just just crazy. Uh, The big cat from the Timberwolves had 60 the other day. The day before, uh, all of a sudden, these scoring sprees are taking off left and right. And I guess the big question is if Kyrie Irving and if they lift all this um, vaccination stuff and he gets to play every game, can anybody beat the combination of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two of the most skilled offensive players ever to pick up a basketball? I think that they're they're the prohibitive favorite. I'm picking them to come out of the East because of those two. And now that Draymond Green is back with the Golden State Warriors, I love Phoenix. But that combination of Steph, Clay, and Dre, I got to go with the Phoenix Suns. So anyway, we'll talk to uh, Ali Cassell about that. Uh, we'll get Michael Hugenin's thoughts on the um, notice of allegations to LSU basketball. Uh, there's still a bunch of Kansas still is still out there for one. Um, there's there's some, several other schools. There's only been one case that's been resolved by the NCAA, and that's with North Carolina State. And we'll go over some of their punishments, um, certainly not to the degree of what has been levied against LSU. Um, and it's still amazing to me. Uh, the people that still believe that will Wade did nothing wrong. It's still absolutely amazing to me. Amazing. Um, so we'll delve into that with, uh, with Michael Hugen. so we've got a bunch of things going on on the plate. The NCAA tournaments underway, um, uh, Raging Cajun Baseball uh, tonight. Um, they're hoping that uh, they can continue this little streak that they're on. Uh, on the weekend where they piled up 23 runs on 34 hits, 12 of which were extra base hits. Um, they'll go to Joe Miller Ballpark in Lake Charles for a 6 p.m. start against McNeese tonight. So uh, We're coming down to cases and it's time for Lineups to be secured, starting pitchers to to know their roles, know when they're going to pitch, what day, uh, and it's time to play league games. So the fooling around and experiment not fooling around, but the experimenting uh, is over, and it's time to get uh, get down to cases. So so we will see what happens with uh, the Ragin' Cajuns tonight. So lots of things going on as it always is, because it's that time of the year. Um, we've got, um, the start of baseball season coming to the close of basketball season. Um, of course the women get underway, uh, Saturday at 4 PM against Jackson state. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, uh, let's get busy. Um, and speaking of the NCAA tournament, are you ready to feel the excitement of uh, the tournament like never before? You can turn your team's victory into your own big win with DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, they win you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. You can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they Win, you win with promo code 1037GAME this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call one 877 770 stop. Free agent frenzy in the NFL. We'll get the very latest lowdown from Chris Rose for glue on the New Orleans Saints when we return after this timeout here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station each and every Wednesday is brought to you by Eon. Eon of Lafayette. It is the best when it comes to non-invasive permanent fat loss. It's the first robotic touchless laser body contouring device for just that. It was inspired by one woman and her team of robotics engineers who looked around and witnessed a plethora of devices that ineffectively reduce fat by pulling, pinching, sucking, freezing, and strapping down the patient. They knew they could build something smarter and they did. You see, EON is more effective. EON is more efficient. EON is more... Comfortable. Eon is smarter body contouring. I've got to be full disclosure. They did it on me. I said, I gotta I've gotta see what it does so I can talk about it. Well, it was totally non-invasive. I didn't feel anything but a little cool breeze right on my midsection. Um nothing, nothing whatsoever. I actually took a little nap. It's 20 minutes and it was nothing. And I feel better and I can see the results. It's been six weeks on Friday, six weeks on Friday since this was done I could already tell the difference immediately clothes are fitting a little bit differently it takes a full 12 weeks for it to work completely but man it is worth it it is worth it those hard I mean I do crunches and and you still can't get rid of it because we got to live well this gets rid of the fat permanently without any pain without any invasiveness Eon of Lafayette. Coming in the spring will be Eon of Baton Rouge. It's Smarter Body Contouring. Back with all the latest on the New Orleans Saints after this timeout.
0: He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You
2: look marvelous.
0: Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station
1: busy busy time in the national football league and the saints are right in the middle of all of it so it's time for one of our experts to join us chris rosewood glue writer for at the spun and at si now saints podcaster for boot crew media amongst the many many things that he does and he's joining us this afternoon chris thank you for the time buddy how you doing man
3: I'm doing great, Jordy. Thank you for having me. And uh, it feels like the NFL offseason more than ever. I just I got to stay glued to my phone. I don't even want to look at my screen time. It's probably ridiculous.
1: All right, everybody. Question number one. What's the latest goings on with Deshaun Watson, the Saints? And who's he who's he um,
3: interviewing now? Yeah, So he's still meeting with the Falcons as we speak. The okay. belief is that that meeting is going to end fairly soon. And then hopefully once that meeting ends, we'll get a decision because the saints have a lot of other moves to make uh, when the new league year opens up in just a little bit. But you know, from all the writing on the wall right now, it seems like the saints are still considered one of the favorites, but I will say the Falcons do kind of make some noise in the sense that Deshaun reached out to them more, th- more so than they did to him. It seems like he is curious uh, about going back home, but I would not be surprised if those are the two teams that battle it out in the end. And I would probably, just by what everyone's saying and looking at, you know, where Houston would want to send him, I would probably put Cleveland at the bottom of the list out of those four teams.
1: I'm kind of curious to as to what is, are his priorities, because I'm looking at the teams that he's interviewing with, and I'm trying to figure out what is the connection. And Because Atlanta, I think the only thing that Atlanta has is – it's close to home. That's where he grew up. Right. Um, But if he wants to win, it seems to me, and I'm taking my black and gold blinders off. It seems to me with
3: all that the saints have to offer that that's the place where he can win and win immediately. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. When Atlanta came out, it just made no sense to me because the rosters just in total disarray right now, no Calvin Ridley, they just lost Russell Gage. I'm not sure Uh, if they feel confident about the coaching staff they have in place, whether or not that's going to be the coaching staff for for years to come. And I look at Carolina. That's another situation. Matt Rule, uncertainty there. I I don't know if I really like that spot. So I always thought if it comes down to winning, Saints and Browns make the most sense. And then if it comes down to, well, Houston wants them out of the conference, then you leave New Orleans as the last man standing. So I agree completely. I I think the Saints are that rare situation where, yes, do they have cap problems from time? Sure. But you look at this roster, Michael Thomas is going to come back too. I would imagine that's the best team.
1: What do you do as the Saints? You don't know for sure what the league is going to do, but the league is going to do something to Deshaun Watson. How many games is
3: he going to miss? What do you do in the meantime? I think, you know, for for New Orleans and for any team that goes after Deshaun, if you're trading for Deshaun Watson, I don't think, and, you know, if your background check on him clears out, I don't think you worry about – does he get suspended six games? Does he get suspended eight games for next season? Because you're trading for him, let's be honest, not just for next season. You're trading maybe the next decade. True. And I think for a guy like him, you're willing to sacrifice that. And I'll go as far to say for a team like New Orleans Saints, their win-loss record, and I'm not a big uh, you know, win-loss is a, a QB stat. I've always felt that's a team stat. When Taysom Hill's the quarterback, granted it's not a, a nice brand of offensive football, they still find a way to squeak out wins. And I think when you have a really good defense, if they trade for Watson and they're thinking, okay, Can we hold down the fort for six or eight games? History tells us they actually can. So I I wouldn't worry about that too much when when it comes to this.
1: When do you think a decision is going to come down the pipeline? Is it going to be today?
3: That's what I think. I I personally think it's going to come today, and I think there's a lot of factors for that. I I think one of it is, as of now, he doesn't have any more meetings scheduled. So anything he's he's needed to hear from teams, it's already happened. And there's so many free agents right now who have actually admitted, well, we're waiting. We have to wait for this domino to drop because right. those are four teams that would love to know if Deshaun's playing for them and then figure out how they want to you know, complete the rest of their roster. Yeah. Uh, you know, Think of Teron Armstead, a great left tackle. He's not signing yet because of this. I would not be surprised if Tyron Matthews market for any of those teams or any team in the league in general picks up after this gets figured out. So I'd imagine the decision happens either this afternoon or, or tonight, because once that happens, then the 49ers have to figure out Jimmy G, the Browns, yeah. maybe Baker Mayfield, so many moving parts.
1: Oh, Baker Mayfield sent a goodbye letter. It sounded sounded like to me. What did you make of that?
3: Oh, it it was absolutely a goodbye letter. <laughs> I, I thought, you know, for me, they they came out today, you know, a couple moments ago, and they said when the Falcons pursued Watson, they told Matt Ryan ahead of time, "Hey, we're going to do this. So when it pops up, it's not a surprise. We're we're pursuing him." I just wonder if maybe the Browns didn't let Baker Mayfield know. And the minute that happens in Baker Mayfield's mind, you cross me, that's it. This is over. And I think even if the Browns do miss out on Deshaun Watson, and I personally think they are going to miss out on him, you probably have to get rid of Baker Mayfield. I I don't know if you can go back to a situation where he basically said, Cleveland, I've given you my all. I'll do that for whatever team I play next. And now if he's on the move, that's another fascinating situation. but. It was definitely a farewell message,
1: man. Chris Rosa glue with us. Um, Marcus Williams goes to the Baltimore Ravens. The saints make a quick move. They pick up the former New York Jets safety and Marcus Mays had some injuries, but um, are the saints any better, any worse, or is it status quo with Marcus may uh, in place of Marcus Williams?
3: I'll say, and and this is just almost TBD, I'll say slightly worse because I have to see how Marcus May plays in Dennis Allen's system. But I think the Saints did an excellent job of pivoting to their next best option. And they're really good at setting a price tag and a number for what they want for a free agent. And if you can find something better than that, fine. They'll move on to someone who they think can complete that same role or almost similar of a role for lesser of a price. And that's what you get with Marcus May, who's going to cost them four and a half million dollars less per season. Marcus Williams would he's a little bit more of a thumper than Williams he has a little bit less range than Williams but he's played free safety before he's moved into the box in Robert Sala's system so I think this is a really versatile player he actually has some experience teaming up with uh, Gardner Johnson back at Florida so the locker room should you know really take him in there and he's kind of thought of as a quiet leader and I think for New Orleans to add a player of his caliber I absolutely love it because the the doomsday scenario would be Marcus Williams leaves and you're wondering okay who's playing safety Right. I don't have that worry now. I, yeah. I feel pretty good about that signing.
1: I was thinking maybe Taran Matthew was coming back home, but uh that's not the case. What's going on with Taron Armstead now?
3: I hadn't heard a peep. It really for me, I really think it, it is him just waiting to see if Deshaun's the Saints quarterback and and I don't know if there's a pre-existing relationship with them or some type of connection, or maybe he hmm. just wants to play alongside him. But for Armstead to wait. It just makes no sense to me. I think he's given the Saints a chance, and and kudos to him for giving the Saints a chance because if he wanted to, when I saw all these offensive linemen deals going down, right. I was like, there's no way teams like the Bengals, the Dolphins, teams that, by the way, still have more money to spend, haven't made a run at him. Another team that has money to spend, the Colts. If Armstead decides, hey, I'm not going to go back to the Saints, they didn't get Watson, I'm going to open it up and look elsewhere, those teams can still pursue Teron Armstead. So the fact that it's quiet, I think he's waiting for this to play out. Once this plays out, I'd imagine him to make a move pretty quick
1: another player pj williams haven't heard anything about him with the saints or any other teams interested of course that doesn't mean that that's not the case but what's going on there
3: so the the word around the block right now is that pj williams has actually received interest from other teams i don't know what that role would be and and i guess for him that's really the the comfort level if a team can get blown away with an offer and a role that's intriguing to him i say go ahead but he also has a history of coming back to the saints on one-year deals because the market wasn't there for him so I would wait and see. I think if he comes back, that would be a really good move for them. He he can play in the box. He can play safety. We've seen him play in the slot. So he's a versatile DB. I think it might take a little bit of time for his market to really materialize, though.
1: Everybody thought Bradley Roby was gone. Bye bye. Um, but the Saints have uh, agreed to terms on a contract extension, apparently, with Bradley Roby. What, uh, what, what, what do you make of that?
3: I think there's a lot of factors. I think for starters, the, the New Orleans Saints did trade up, trade a third-round pick for him, and, and I don't think they really wanted to trade a third-round pick for him, and then all of a sudden he's gone because they had to cut him for cap reasons. And they always said if the number was right, they'd love to have him back. I thought he played really well in limited action. It's just Paulson Adebo was so good for a rookie, they couldn't get him on the field. And I, I think you know if you're the Saints and you're going after a guy like Deshaun – If Houston wants one of your young DBs now, whether it's a Garner Johnson, whether it's a Nadebo, that's a tough piece to give up. But if you keep a guy like Roby, maybe it makes it easier to swallow that pill. So I would say that's part of maybe the equation. But I also think the number worked out for them. And it's another way of the Saints saying, you were going to be on our cap next year anyway. It's better to have you on our team and still be part of that cap number than not. So I think that's what it came down to.
1: Back to Deshaun Watson. Should we be looking at what Seattle got in return for Russell Wilson going to Denver? Is it similar to that? Or I I I personally think Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback. Uh, is houston going to be expecting more uh, of a a bounty from new orleans if he does go to new orleans
3: i think in terms of draft picks absolutely and i I agree with you you know pre allegations and everything that came out i think deshaun watson was playing at a much higher level than russell wilson and he is significantly younger than him which also plays a factor into his value so i think all four teams that are interested in him are willing to give up three first round picks that's the starter and then what's what's the kicker in it is it a couple of mid-round picks is it parting ways with a younger player like maybe a Cesar Ruiz or a Gardner Johnson, Mm -hmm. maybe something like that. And I think that's what it comes down to uh, for teams like the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons. You're going to have to give up more. And I would go as far to say with the Russell Wilson trade, it was confusing to me because I felt like outside of Noah Fant, the Broncos were just getting rid of players they probably were going to get rid of anyway, like Drew Locke and Shelby Harris. Good point. I do think that the Watson uh, trade package overall will just be a lot bigger than the Russell Wilson one. Kind of exciting
1: i mean i I, i'm just talking about between the lines okay and i'm going to trust the saints to have done their due diligence uh, and and done all the things that they need to do because they're going to if this does work they're going to have to sell this to a fan base of which you're going to have some that are going to love it and you're going to have others that that loathe it um but it's exciting to be in the hunt for a player of this magnitude
3: it's it's the biggest story by far in an offseason where, you know, we've had Russell Wilson getting traded, Tom Brady coming out of retirement, Aaron Rodgers doing his thing. It it is the biggest story. And I do think you kind of hit, you know, the nail on the head. i I've spoken to a ton of people, especially Saints fans, over the last week, I would say. And it really is split down the middle. I know a lot of people who Trust the Saints work and say, hey, he's, he's a top five quarterback. Bring him in your, your quarterback problem solved for the next decade. And I have mm-hmm. a lot of people who are uncomfortable with it. And I understand because it is mm-hmm. a very tricky and, and unfortunate situation. So I think it is a polarizing one. It is always exciting when the Saints are caught in a big story, regardless. It really it really is, and they always keep you on your feet. So um, now it just comes down to can they, they finish off the deal for this? Who is it?
1: Who, who? It's a two-horse race, all right? It's coming down to the wire. Is it the Saints
3: and the Falcons? Because if that even makes it juicier, right? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think those are the two teams for me because, like we said, Falcons home, and then the Saints, they have the better roster. I know everyone keeps saying maybe Carolina, but – that one makes less sense for me because at least He's we good. said Atlanta's got the hometown appeal. I don't know what the appeal is with Carolina. So I do think Falcon Saints, and I guess it sparks the rivalry a, a little bit more. A little bit more.
1: Uh, Chris, I'll let you get back to all your, your sourcing, and uh, thank you for uh, shedding some light on this. Uh, we may find out today um, one way or the other about Deshaun Watson, and then a lot of dominoes will fall from there. I don't know what the Saints would have left from a draft perspective this year, um, but they need they need some more help. They
3: need wide receivers, tight ends, right? They need some help. Oh, they, they have a lot more needs. And I think for them, you know, if they're able to pull off a trade like this, the 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 cherry on top would be if they could keep mid-round picks. They do so well drafting in that yeah. second and third yeah. round range. If they can do that, maybe shore up defensive tackle, wide receiver, th- that'd be really great for them.
1: Dude, I like your backdrop much better than mine. So uh, I appreciate the time. Let's do it again, okay? Sounds great, Jordy. Hi, buddy. You're the best. Chris Rose Joining us here with the very latest on the New Orleans Saints. The game Southwest Louisiana sports station wants to give you a chance to score the, and I emphasize the ultimate crawfish boil brought to you by J and J exterminating Kramer equipment and Cody's crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot, a burner, ice chest, tumbler, chairs, $500 Visa gift card, tickets to an Astro game, the ultimate crawfish boil sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from J&J exterminating Kramer equipment Cody's crawfish and the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles we're rolling along on a Wednesday time to talk NCAA hoops LSU basketball coaching search and much much more with Blake Lavelle at 14 Southeastern. After this timeout, the Jordy Heltbert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, we're Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Stick around.
0: They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip, and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the blonde bomber back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Well, here we are, March 16th. The NCAA tournament got underway with the play-in games Texas Southern winners last night, as was Indiana. It's the old cliche, survive and advance, and both of them have. The tournament really gets underway now with uh, 64 teams involved in it starting tomorrow. It's uh, lots going on in hoops, a lot going on in the Southeastern Conference, and that's where our next expert resides, Blake Lavelle at 49 14 southeastern also part of the blue ribbon yearbooks uh ba- ba- basketball bible uh blake good afternoon buddy how you doing man
4: yeah doing well jordy not as you said uh
1: i, I can't remember a
4: busier seven days in sec <laughs> basketball and honestly never i, I can never remember a seven day stretch like this going back to the start of the tournament last week and when you factor in, you know, everything that played out in the SEC tournament, and now all the coaching changes. It has been a wild week. So
1: it, the SEC basketball programs are firing coaches like it's football. Uh, I've never seen anything quite like this. Um, so many. I mean, Guanzo Martin, uh, Missouri is an opening. South Carolina is an opening. Florida is an opening. LSU is an opening. Uh, who else? Um, South Carolina is an open yeah. there's openings all over the place.
4: Yeah, it's um everywhere and you know the expectation is there'll be another one with Mississippi state after the NIT. Yeah. Um and it's just yeah, it has been a a wild deal but you know as we've talked over the years, I don't think it's unexpected because that's just that's the nature of the league now in terms of the, the stakes have been raised across the board and that's going to mean that uh, I always say someone's got to, you know, finish one through 14 in terms of that's every right. single season. There are going to be coaches that are very good coaches that lose a lot of games sometimes. And, um yeah, we've just seen that play out across the league.
1: Kermit Davis is one of those uh, thirteen and nineteen overall, four and four in the SEC. But Ole Miss not ready to pull the plug—at uh, least not this year. They have uh, committed to him for another season. I'm happy for Kermit; he's a friend of mine. So I'm hoping he can turn things around. Okay, um, I-, I would really appreciate your perspective um, on the LSU situation. What do you think? Uh, with all that's involved in it, now they're looking for a new coach. How difficult is that going to be, or is it not going to be difficult? Just lay it out for me.
4: Yeah, I mean, again, not not to sugarcoat anything. I mean, everyone I've talked to thinks it's going to be a very, very hard sell, um, just based on where things are at. And, and as we said, it, it's not you know, it's not what you know with the situation. It's what you don't know, and yeah. and that is the. The thing that I think is talking to people, the belief is that it's going to be something that's going to be very hard to sell to you know a certain level of coach. Now that doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to go out there and, and find someone that says, "Okay, I'll just I'll take whatever you know the consequences are going to be for you know." Again, we have no idea. And I'm not even going to speculate right. on what they could right. be, but I'll, I'll I'll deal with that, knowing that when I come in there's not going to be a lot of pressure on me. And, you know, there's probably not going to be a lot of expectations, again, if you assume that there are going to be some some significant um, consequences to deal with. So I think it's, as with any coaching search, I don't think it's that different in terms of it's all about the personality of the coach and what that coach wants to achieve and and understands going in, that there are going to be positives and there are going to be negatives. I think it's just in this situation – the negatives currently are are probably going to outweigh the positives just because there are just so many unknowns, unlike so many other jobs around the country that will instantly look a lot more appealing just because there aren't these unknowns that are sitting out there.
1: When I mention the name Will Wade, what's the first thing that pops up in your mind? I,
4: I mean, honestly, I think it's just, it's someone that I, I've always thought that Will Wade was a, a very good basketball coach, and I think mm-hmm. we we saw that play out on the floor, um, you know. But I think that now, when you say that, it's it's going to be something where people are going to perceive it as sort of one of the bigger dominoes to fall in this this whole situation. And I mean, I, I told you the last time we talked, I I was so over this stuff two years ago. Like even yes. much less now. You know, four and a half years into this whole deal. Uh, in terms of just you know this this FBI stuff and everything, um, but you know I it's interesting because our immediate reaction when whenever the notice of allegations came in, I said and, and I, I wasn't sure what the you know we we talked about it and and some of the people that, that watch our stuff listen to our stuff, I was curious what they would think, but I said look I'm over this thing I don't care at this point, um, mm-hmm. but you know there were also people that were basically saying hey we're, we're all for anyone that. You know, basically goes about their business and doesn't care what the NCAA thinks. But as we know, you know things were a little bit more, um, you know, in depth than that. And I think it's it's going to be interesting. I, I think where you know what's next for him. Uh, I think certainly the professional ranks is probably going to be the the only option uh, for a good yeah. little while. But yeah, um, yeah that's uh, that's a hard question to answer.
1: Did, in your opinion, did LSU do the right thing in letting uh, Will Wade continue on? Or when this first came out and they heard about the strong blank offer, should they have pulled the plug then? And maybe you're looking at a whole different scenario now. I know it's an impossible question to answer, but I'm just curious as to your your thoughts on that.
4: You're exactly right. It it would be much different now had they done it then. Um, And I don't don't think there's a lot of doubt about that. Because had they have made a move then, which, uh, once again, I I don't – I don't know what LSU knew and didn't know in terms of the extent of the situation, but had they made a move then, I think whatever comes next would be, even if it would be significant, it would be nowhere near significant perhaps of what it's going to be now. And I think it's just because, again, you know, and everyone was asking the question, it's like, well, how do you make this move before the tournament? They had no choice. Um, Right. If if they waited, and that's what I, you know, I told someone this the, the other day. I'm like, hey, just think about this scenario. What what happens if they receive this, those allegations and you get everything in there that's in there? And then LSU comes out and makes a run to the, to the final four. Or something. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. What a can of worms that would open, right? Yes. So it was impossible. It was a move they had to make, and, and there was no other choice.
1: Scott Woodward, the athletic director, has always – always not let money get in the way he's always gone after experienced and successful coaches whether it be Jake johnson in baseball brian kelly in football kim mulkey in women's basketball what's to tell me that he's not going to do the same thing for men's basketball and convince some high pro- profile coach to come on and, and resurrect like maybe a scott drew i mean it sounds like a perfect scenario baylor comes to baton rouge
4: you know what we always say about these things, and even in this situation, like like I mentioned, it's I know the circumstances are different with the LSU job right now, but money talks no matter what the scenario is. Um yeah. doesn't matter if a you know a program's at the bottom, a program's at the top, or a program's in the middle. Um, m- money is going to speak volumes to people when you have enough of it, and we always say in the SEC now, there's no one you know lacks resources or, or money uh, right. just based on all the the income and revenue that's come through this league, you know, over the past five years, just at the smallest point. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. There's always that possibility, and that's the case, I think, with with any of these SEC jobs. Again, even if the LSU one feels kind of like the outlier right now based on the circumstances, but with any of these SEC jobs, there are plenty of power conference coaches that are at good schools right now that would probably still make the jump. If given the right, um, you know, opportunity, and the Big yeah. Twelve is another one. You know, again, even if, even if Scott Drew isn't at LSU or, or somewhere else, I think we have to start thinking about the Big Twelve moving forward because those coaches, when Texas and Oklahoma leaves, that visibility is going to start to go down. And even yeah. when you're adding, you know, BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston, that's fine. But that's not Texas and Oklahoma. So I yeah. think those Good coaches point. in the Big Twelve are going to have some decisions to make over the next couple of years and. I think that will be interesting
1: to watch. We won't know what the penalties are for months and months and months, and LSU's going to have to hire a coach. This is going to be the biggest challenge uh, that Scott Woodward's ever had, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, How deservedly so should Texas A&M fans just be irate at their team not getting into the tournament?
4: Uh, As much as you can be, And, and I think for me it's not even that you just didn't get into the tournament. It's that the committee viewed you as the fourth team out. Um yeah. you know, they, they weren't even the first team out, the second team out, the third team out. They were the fourth team out of this thing. And I, I just thought when you compare Texas A and M's resume to to Notre Dame, who's gonna be playing tonight, um mm-hmm. it, there's no comparison to me in terms of uh the the achievements. And so I get it and they're bunch of people out there using the excuse, well, you can't lose eight games in a season. Well, let me tell you this, Shorty. Huh. If Duke lost eight <laughs> games in a season and they still had the resume that Texas A&M had and I have nothing against Duke. I'm just using them as an example.
1: I know where Duke you're going. Be in the
4: tournament room. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. So, we can play that game. If we can use that excuse all we want. I've seen people use it. Don't give me the eight in a row. It's all about the full body of work. And Texas A&M started the season great. They had a little slump in the middle and they finished very well, um, and so they absolutely deserve to get in, and for them to be the fourth team out, just like Tennessee getting a number two seed, uh, right. complete joke.
1: That's that's where I was going next. Uh, I think Tennessee was highly underseeded, uh, and A and M should have been uh, in in the in the field. There was no question about that. Um, which team? Which team are you really bullish on from the league? That and when you look at the overall picture, sometimes you win the SEC tournament and, and maybe you expend a lot of energy. I don't know. Um every year's different, every team's different. But who are you bullish on out of the conference to to go the deepest?
4: Yeah, I, I think Auburn to me has the best draw of anyone, but you know, I'd also say that Auburn may have the least amount of momentum than anyone going into this tournament just based on how they played away from home um Mm -hmm. so that's a little bit of an issue but i think with the bracket wise i think auburn has probably the best draw tennessee has a tough draw just having arizona and villanova in there but i think tennessee could come out of there to be honest with you um i just think they are they're playing as well as anybody in the country on the flip side of that i think arkansas and alabama got really tough draws um you know in the in the west i think kentucky I think the East is probably the toughest from top to bottom, just in terms of all the different possibilities you could have coming into to this thing. Um, Kentucky's got a potential second round game with a thirty and two Murray, Murray State team. Um, yeah. it, you know, those are the kind of things. I think you know, Cal. We always joke about it. Cal complains, and but I think he's got a point. You know, if he complains this year, because they have got a tough road to the final four, and if they don't figure out their half court offense, it's not going to matter who they play. Uh, So I'd probably put Auburn one, probably put Tennessee two. And then after that, uh, I guess Kentucky can get there, but I think they've got a, a pretty tough pass.
1: Blake Lavelle at 14 Southeastern LSU versus Iowa state. Um, Iowa State is a good defensive – it's amazing what their coach has done after – if they were they were 2-22 and a year ago, now they're in the NCAA tournament. It's remarkable what they've done. They've got uh, Brockington, the transfer from Penn State, uh, who just kind of does his mid-range thing. But a team that relies on defense, LSU relies on defense. What What is your thought process on that matchup?
4: Yeah, if you're looking for an offensive game, this is not going to be the one for you, I think, because um... – I think first to 16 probably wins this one just based on how these two teams play. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be a defensive type of battle between these two teams. There's no doubt about it. I mean, statistically you've got two of the top 10 defensive teams in the country, um, two of the top, I think seven or eight uh, in terms of turning people over. So that is a band And you've got uh, two teams that are in the, the bottom tier in terms of turning it over themselves. So, this this is one of those games. Like I said, it's going to be low scoring, but boy, it could be very sloppy. I think just based on mm-hmm. uh, the offensive standpoint, knowing that the defense is going to dictate everything in this game. Um, I honestly, I think that you know, Iowa State's a pretty experienced group, but I think LSU's size, and I think that's going to play a factor here, and I think that will help them a bit in terms of navigating a team like Iowa State. I, you know, this is one I haven't really. Wavered on since the bracket came out. I, I just think LSU is the better team. I think the only question is, you know, with everything that's gone on over what's, the past, in, you know, yeah. what, five days now, I, I think there, there's something to that in terms of you just you don't know what you're going to get necessarily. So um, I I know they've been in this spot before and, and made a Sweet Sixteen run without their head coach, but you know I think they can win this game. I think after that they honestly don't have a terrible matchup. To be honest with you, I think Wisconsin is overrated um and i think they got a very favorable draw for a three seed being able to pretty much play within a couple hours of of their uh campus yeah. all the way to the yeah. final four uh so i, I still think is a team that can get to the sweet 16 but uh, again i just don't know what that mindset looks like just based on everything that's happened
1: so i would think the best thing for that team is to get on the court as soon as they possibly can and start Playing, yeah. um, and I think that's the that's the ticket. I, I'm with you. I, I just I, I think they're better than Iowa State. I really do. I'm gonna go with the seating on this one. And yeah, you know, Wisconsin. Mm, I've seen some good. I've seen some not so good. So I'm um, I'm not so sure about uh, the Badgers and how confident they should be of that one. But but we shall see. Um, man, that was fun. So give me a one last question. Give me a hot mid major coach that if LSU can't get some of the big high profile names that you think that, uh, could be a, a Nate Oates type of a coach and come in and hit the ground running.
4: Yeah. And the thing is, I don't know if he's going to be at LSU, but I think he's someone that would be on every SEC team's radar right now. And, and look, he, uh, to be quite honest with you, he may wind up being the next coach of Florida and that's okay. Dennis Gates to Cleveland state. Um, to me, he is just, He's the next big thing, you know. I, I don't. I never say that lightly. I, I try to yeah. stay away from the the hot takes and everything sometimes. Right. But I, I, I am as confident as that in that guy as I am in in many things. Um, he's just really good, you know. Former Leonard Hamilton assistant. Uh, yeah. He has pretty much turned Cleveland State around. You know, you mentioned kind of what um, Iowa State, what happened there. But Dennis Gates is one to keep an eye on. I think Grant McCaslin at North Texas is another guy. Um, those two guys, if they wind up in the SEC, would not be shot.
1: Blake Lavelle at 14 Southeastern. Man, enjoy the tournament, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks, Shorty. All right, buddy. Take care. Uh, The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $50 gift certificate to the Half-Shell Oyster House. We want to help you out, but you can only win that $50 gift certificate to the Half-Shell Oyster House by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Back to wrap up our number one, set the stage for our number two. After this timeout on the Jordy Helpert Show, on the game, 1037-Lafayette, 1041-Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Ah, the Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores and the Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in Gulf Shores when VIP passes from the Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And while you're on the beach, are you bikini ready? Are you swimsuit ready? do you have two belt sizes to lose if you do you need to get in touch with eon of lafayette it's true eon can remove up to two belt sizes after one full abdominal treatment eon is the world's first fda cleared touchless fat reduction device able to permanently erase fat in the entire abdomen within 60 minutes without any patient downtime Huh. Are you kidding me? Yes, Eon of Lafayette, and soon to be Eon of Baton Rouge. That is E-O-N. We'll talk hoops. We'll talk all things college
0: sports. Live and local, this is the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby! We're going to be here all day! Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party! Now, here's your host, Jordy
1: Holberg. It's our number two of two on a very busy, busy Wednesday, March 16th, the year 2022. Uh, Signings can take place now in the NFL as the free agency tampering period has been taking place. And now they can sign on the dotted line. We'll see if the Saints have a quarterback later on this afternoon. But we begin our number two with some NBA talk. The Pelicans last night lost to the Phoenix Suns boy they're a good club they are a good club even without Chris Paul they are just good they beat the Pelicans 131 to 115 we've talked let's talk all things NBA with our good friend from at the bird rights Ali Cassell Ali what's happening man how are you
2: how you doing Jordy I'm doing well weather's good yeah Um, sun's shining right so we've got that going for ourselves and I'll tell you what even though the Pelicans have hit a bit of a rough spot They're still very much, of course, in contention, getting into the play-in tournament, right? And possibly still overtaking the Lakers.
1: Um, Look... You're right. We'll get into that a little bit. Look, Phoenix is just good. 55, 54% from the field, 53% from downtown, 18 of 34 from behind the arc, and a perfect 15 for 15 from the free throw line. And the other key stat to me, they made 49 field goals. 35 of those came off of assists. That's a ridiculous number.
2: Yeah, you know what that also screams to me, Jordy? The Pelicans' defense was kind yeah. of absent, right, yeah. in game. All right. All right. I, I think – where you saw it the most was just in transition. Falcons had a lot more turnovers, but usually they've been doing a better job with their transition defense, but definitely not last night. Mm-hmm. right? The, I want to say the Suns turned 17 turnovers into 33 points. You're not going to win any ball games, no. let alone against the Phoenix Suns, who shoot the heck out of the ball. They've got Devin Booker. You're not going to beat them if you're making that many mistakes. So there's a lot of things that went wrong last night. Defense uh,
1: Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Utah, Dallas, Denver. They're in the the top six spots. Then you've got the next four, Minnesota, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Pelicans. The Pelicans at number 10. So if it ended today, they would be in. They're a game and a half behind the Lakers, a game ahead of the Trailblazers. What do the Pelicans have to do to... Um, to stay where they are, or maybe move up a spot. What? What's is it? Is it simply defense?
2: I think it is. I mean, you can't give up your, you know, as many three pointers they've given up lately since that yeah. loss to the Nuggets, Jordy. I want to say they're averaging about, you know, the opponents are averaging about 15 made threes or so a game against them. You, you, you can't do that because yeah. the Buckets obviously are not good three point shooting team. They'll have their moments, but they can't compete with the best. So you've got to get into your opponents. Make them drive, right? Shoot, let them shoot those jumpers from the mid-range or take them on inside. Well, you've got Valanchunas and uh, Jackson Hayes, their length, right, to hopefully divert a lot of those shots. But they haven't been doing that. I, I, I've noticed even in that Houston game, the Rockets got off to a pretty decent start because yeah. the Falcons just aren't getting into their guys, right, into their men. -hmm. And they can't just be Herb Jones out there defending. It's gotta be the rest of them. And I haven't seen them doing such a good job.
1: Yeah. Even the worst of teams, the Rockets, 17 and 51, they still these players get paid to play and they're pretty darn good players regardless. So if you don't cover them, I mean it's like it's like target practice, right? It's it's simple.
2: Exactly. If anybody's ever watched NBA players just practice, whether it's in a warm up before they 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 don't miss they make sixty to seventy to eighty percent of their shots almost every time.
1: Yeah, you're right. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. I've got to ask you about um, this new trend in the NBA. I mean, it's uh, just in this month alone. March 13th, Kevin Durant scores 53 against the New York Knicks. Uh, A week before that, Kyrie Irving at Charlotte scores 50. Um, Going as easy as, let's see. The 11th of this month, LeBron James scores 50 against Washington. Two days ago, Carl Anthony Towns gets 60 at San Antonio. Kyrie Irving last night gets 60 at Orlando. What the heck's going on in this league?
2: It's an explosion, I know. Um, And look, I I think it's fun to see. You can also include John Morant, who recently set a, a franchise record for the Memphis, but yeah. The two you rattled off last, Carl Anthony Towns from Minnesota, that's a new franchise record, highest-scoring highest, highest scoring game ever for a player in Minnesota history. Same thing with the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving. I'll tell you what, Kyrie could have played a few more minutes last night. It felt like he, uh, he had about eight minutes to go or something, and, and he was done for the night because, of course, they were obviously big on Orlando. But yeah. it's kind of showing you that, one, NBA players are very good, but also <laughs> they're all gearing up for the playoffs. They're all finding their grooves. And defensively, a lot of these opponents, you know, they're not bringing that 110%. So, of course, Brooklyn, they played Orlando. Not a surprise. Car Anthony Towns did all his damage at 60-point game against the Spurs, who are also not obviously looking at like they're going to make any kind of postseason. So right. this is the time of year where you can have these lopsided scores. and, Of course, these players going off with these spectacular fireworks are letting off. But it's fun. I'll tell you yeah. what, it's good for the game.
1: Earlier this month, Nikola Jokic had uh, what forty six uh, against New Orleans in a one thirty eight one thirty win. So these guys are so darn good. I guess um, can anybody beat Brooklyn if if they lift the vaccination mandate and they get those two guys playing together at the same time? Are they your pick to come out of the East?
2: I don't know. We Remember last week, Jordy, we were you know, proclaiming the Philadelphia 76ers looked like the favorite. Now uh-huh. you're right. It looks like maybe it's Brooklyn. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to try and not jump on the, what's happened, the results of these last few games, and stick with my gut and say it's Milwaukee.
1: Still Milwaukee.
2: Yeah, it's okay. either going to be Miami or Milwaukee, I think, because they've been steady all year. You know, Miami's leading the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee, I feel like, is getting it together. And when they've got Giannis, um, Drew Holiday, and, of course, Chris Middleton. Uh, Chris Middleton out there. They're yeah. very tough to beat. And, you know, that team went through everybody last year, won the championship. So I think for Brooklyn, they're going to have to really just rely on Kevin Durant. And as you mentioned, Irving to play every single game, beat big for them to advance far. Same thing kind of with uh, Philadelphia. James Harden hasn't looked good the last four games. So I'm going to say with Milwaukee.
1: So you like Antetokounmpo, Middleton, and Holiday over Durant. Irving and Ben Simmons.
2: Yeah. Cause Ben Simmons is probably isn't going to play. Right. And guess what? Milwaukee just got Brooke Lopez back. Yeah. So I think that's going to really help their defensive effort.
1: Okay. Um In the West Phoenix is by far right now. And they're going to get Chris Paul back, but that, that, uh, that man, that man's back. It's so you got Steph clay and Dre. Uh, draymond green with the with the golden state warriors um who do you like out of the west
2: yeah i've got to go with phoenix right until somebody proves to me that they can stay healthy that they can win say steadily consistently for what is it about two months stretch and that's what mm-hmm. it takes during the playoffs then yeah, Phoenix because look, they've been doing it all year. They had that mm-hmm. what that massive what was it 18, 20 games? I forget how many games right. they won early in the year. Then they won another 10 in a row later. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot of damage lately without, as you mentioned, Chris Paul. So I love the Grizzlies. What John ja Moran, that company's been doing. Warriors, yeah, they look good now that they've got Draymond back. They were you know leading the West for a while there to start the year. All right. But yeah. You got to stick with the favorites, and I think that's Phoenix because they've proven it all year long. they played at that high level.
1: I think it's going to be great. I I think the playoffs are going to be amazing um, and and really, really competitive. Um, We saw the other day uh, the matchup between Philadelphia and Denver, and Nikola Jokic got the better of Joel Embiid. So who's your MVP of this year at this point in time?
2: That was a fun game. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, it's close. I'm, I'm hearing some people are saying award it to both of the guys, right? But <laughs> I don't believe in that. I think you yeah. got to go ahead and get yeah. a winner. And I'm going to say it's Jokic. You know, Denver has all season relied on him to carry yeah. who wins. Jordan, yeah. we've talked about on your show, right? Look at who his second best, third plus players are around him. It's probably Aaron Gordon. And then take your pick of whether it's Bones Highland on a given night, maybe mm-hmm. Monty Morris. They just don't have it. Will Barton, as to where at least Joel Embiid, you know, he's had plenty of good shooters. You know, he has Seth Curry for a while, Tobias Harris, Maxi, maxi has been incredible.
0: So,
2: I don't know. I'm going to go with Jokic. He he does everything, and he doesn't get enough credit because he also performs well defensively, right? He does whatever it takes to win. As to where Joel Embiid, right, his physical presence stands out for him in games, but Nikola also plays and wins games with his mind. And, you know, I think there's few better than him right now in the game.
1: Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. There are few better than he is in this game of uh, analyzing NBA stuff. Back to the Pelicans. We know what CJ McCollum has been uh, uh, been sensational. He's been terrific. Of the other pieces that came uh, came along with him, who has been a, a, a pleasant surprise for you out of those other players? Or is it one that we haven't seen play yet who's coming back into form now?
2: Yeah, that that's what I'm waiting for. It's Larry Nance. You know, mm-hmm. Tony Snell played decently for about a five game stretch. But, you know, the last three, four or five games, he's either not played well or just hasn't gotten time. He's dropped right. out of rotation. And I think right. it's been deserving because he he's not giving anything on either end again. And that's been kind of the the problem with him. It was, I know, in Portland when he was with them earlier this season. But he's a guy that I, I think he'll find, you know, his niche again. But Larry Nance is honestly the gem next to CJ McCall. Yeah. He's a guy that can do a lot of stuff, Jordy, on that court. You know, he, he can get you 10, 10, and basically 10. He's a great passer, very underrated passer. He can also rebound the heck out of the ball. Even though he's six foot seven, he can play center for you. So yeah. that would allow Willie Green to play continue playing Jackson at the four. He can make an outside jumper. Um, he, he, he's just so smart. And I've been watching him in warmups lately. And I'll tell you what, he's getting real close. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back on this road trip. And I, I'll just go ahead and guess He'll, we'll see him on Sunday. Okay. I wish it was Friday against the Spurs, but I'm guessing right. in Atlanta against the Hawks. We'll see him Sunday.
1: Got to beat the Spurs, man. That's a huge, that's a huge matchup. Um, They've got the pop with the most wins in NBA history out of the way now. Uh, But the Spurs are, they're always a tough team to play uh, at that place. Uh, They've got to win. They've got to win that one. And I think you hit the nail on the head about the, about what the Pelicans are all about as compared to teams like the Suns and the Celtics, the, the teams that year in a year. You never have these guys falling out of rotation on those teams. And they keep the same rotation year in, I mean, game in, game out, because those players produce. The Pels are up, they're down, they're up, they're down. It's Alvarado one day, it's Hernan Gomez the next game, and then they fall off the face of the earth. And I think that's the big difference.
2: I agree. I, I think you need the stability, especially when you have stars missing time. You need to rely on just like I guess the Suns have been able to do without Chris Paul, and you know Booker's missed time in the past. When you look around the league, a lot of these other good teams, even when their stars miss time, they still don't fall off a cliff, right? That's right. suddenly four or five in a row, and that's been the key for the Pelicans. While not everybody, you know, drops an egg <laughs> in every game without the stars, it, it's not a collective resistance. You know, Jonas Valanciunas and C.J. McCollum. Had over 30 points uh, in, in the game recently, but it still wound up as a loss. Why? Right. Because nobody around them was playing well. Herb right. kind of went through an offensive slump, not being able to hit a three, but recently he's found his stroke. Mm-hmm. But it's stuff like that. You don't have the consistency. It's like the Suns do, for instance. Last night you saw Jay Crowder, Mikkel Bridges. They make those open shots. DeAndre Ayton, he's a good threat. So they have multiple weapons they consistently Absolutely. rely on. New Orleans, New Orleans isn't there yet, but I think they'll get there. I really okay. do. I think when everybody gets healthy – and these young guys keep growing because I'll tell you what, I love a Jose Alvarado. Yeah, you have to love some of these other guys. Jackson's been steadily improving. If they find that consistently, Jordy, we could be looking at the next Phoenix Suns like team here in New Orleans.
1: Uh, I think Nance is a big key factor to this thing. I really do, because he's proven it in the past. You mentioned getting healthy. What's the latest on Brandon Ingram?
2: Well, yeah, Brandon, you know, left that uh, March 6th game against – or didn't leave it, but that's where he sustained an injury very late in that overtime loss to where he said he felt something in his hamstring. Normally those type of injuries, from what we've been told, take about a couple of weeks just to make sure, right, that you don't cause – you come back early and you suddenly have a significant strain or something like that. So that's why I'm saying. I think we'll see him right around March 20th, 21st, somewhere along those lines. And when you look at the schedule, that's the Hawks. So his return's – Coming up, but I think we may see Larry Nance before B.I., but B.I. can't be more than, I'd say, a week out or so.
1: How's my boy Zion looking these days?
2: He's looking good. I'll tell you okay. what, he's looking happy. I'm seeing him interact with fans, something I never saw him do before. But the most important thing is, right, the conditioning. Yeah, he looks thinner. He's not he? the same weight that we saw on media day without oh, a that's doubt.
1: That's good. That's good. Yeah.
2: Um, I know he over- under- the Jordy, he's pumping at the bit to get back. I'm, I'm hearing all these stories of he's really putting pressure on everybody to let him back on the court. So that's what, a good sign.
1: What do you think? Do you think he plays this season?
2: I don't know. I, I, You know, we've talked about it. There's not that much time left in the regular season. And he's still not up there doing those four on fours, five on fives to where you know he's maybe a couple of weeks out. And with the season over on April 10th, it doesn't look likely. Talk it. Mm. Yeah, I know. Hey, I've got hope that maybe for the playoffs, right? Say yeah. the Pelicans get into playing tournament, make a little noise, then maybe you can bring Zion back when you get to that first round series where, you know, you can adjust, right? You've got long seven game series yeah. to adjust for bringing a guy back.
1: All right. So the Pels have played 69 games. That means um, 69. That means they've got 13 regular season games left. They've got uh, 28 wins. How many wins do you think it's going to take? with 13 games left, for the, for the Pelicans to maintain their position and get into the play-in?
2: I think just to stay in 10th, I don't think it's going to take, honestly, any more than, say, 32 or 33. Really? I mean, Portland's okay. not going to win another six games, you think. San okay. Antonio, probably the likeliest to maybe run off like six or seven more wins, but it doesn't seem probable. They haven't gotten their act together yet. So I think the Pelicans are safe just by almost coasting in with, say, another five wins over these 13 games. But you don't want to rely on that, right? right. We've talked right. about it. I want to see them get to about 34, 35 wins where you guarantee yourself you're probably going to jump over the Lakers. And Thank you grab you. that ninth seed. Thank you. If you play that home – home uh, playing tournament game at home, that would be such a special time for the, all the fans here in the local area.
1: Just play 500 basketball and, yeah. and you get that number. You get exactly. it. All right, we shall see. Ali Cassell from At the Bird writes, "You are you're the best. Thank you, sir.
2: Thanks, gotta, Jordy. And gotta, you gotta as well, the, buddy. Gotta
1: get the gotta get the win Friday. Gotta get the win.
2: It you got to beat those teams that you got to get the Ws, especially San Antonio. Yes, Just knock them down a peg or two.
1: That's yeah. the most important game. I know it's the next game, but that's the most important one. Um, enjoy the hoops, my friend. Are you are you a big college hoops fan? You like you like the NCAA tournament."
2: I can't wait for March Madness. That's something I grew up with since I was thirteen years old. Remember looking at brackets? Yeah, so absolutely. Who, who's it's the best got? time Who, of the year? This is the final best time four? of
1: the year. Who's your final four?
2: I'm liking Gonzaga, Arizona. Yeah. Um, I think I've got Auburn, and I forget my fourth at the moment. But it's another. Oh, it's Kentucky. I think I actually went and picked Kentucky. Wow, yeah. wow.
1: two SEC teams in there.
2: Yeah,
1: I like it. Ali Cassell, thank you, man. Take care. Thanks, Gordy. The best. Ali Cassell from At The Bird writes. We'll see. We shall see. Um, Speaking of the NCAA tournament, are you ready to feel the excitement of the big dance like never, ever before? Turn your team's victory into your own big win with DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever the heck you want to. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME, bet $5 on any college you team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. So if they win, you win with promo code 1037GAME. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. We'll be back after this timeout. The Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
0: Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 16th, 1985. Two-time Cy Young Award winner and former Detroit Tigers star Denny McClain is convicted of embezzlement and drug trafficking. McClain is sentenced to 25 years, but the conviction is later reversed. That was This Day in Sports History. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Hi, welcome back. Um... Still waiting. The NFL is uh, is underway. Teron Armstead, nothing's happened there. Nothing's happened with Jameis Winston. So that's about $15 million in dead money applied to the 2022 cap for the Saints. Um, so trying to figure out what the Saints are going to do, how they're going to do it. Still no word on uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, lots of stuff out there. Julio Jones um, are going to be released by the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so there's a wide receiver out there for you. Um, we'll say One thing we do know for sure, uh, Monday Night Football has a new broadcast team. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, who've teamed together for 20 NFL seasons in the broadcast booth, uh, have signed multi-year agreements to be the voices for Monday Night Football. Football. Um, they've both been inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and now they're going to be teamed together again uh, uh, on Monday Night Football. I think that makes Monday Night Football a lot better. Uh, I, I like them. I like the combination. That's just my opinion. Everybody has their own opinion on who they like and who they don't like. Uh, I think it's a pretty, pretty darn good move uh, there. So we'll see what uh, Fox does. Sean Payton. Sean Payton could be could be moving in. Uh, So we'll see uh, what happens along those lines. Um, Just trying to see if there's anything else out there right now. But um, I know Teron Armstead is a free agent now. Um, Nothing's happened with him. And so that money along with Jameis, the contracts of Jameis Winston and Teron Armstead will automatically void. Uh, they don't have new deals. That's $15.9 million in dead money applied to the 2022 cap. Traquan Smith also has 940000 in dead money since his contract also voided. So incredible amount of work to be done along those lines. Um, it's way, way beyond me way 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 beyond me. So, um we shall see along the lines. Um and everybody's trying to improve their stock. Um the Las Vegas Ra- Raiders um agreed on a free agent contract with four-time Pro Bowl pass rusher Chandler Jones. Why look at the quarterbacks in that league in that division with Pat Mahomes and um you know, the Los Angeles Chargers, um, my goodness, and now Russell Wilson in Denver. Um, so, got to get pass rushers, got to get cornerbacks. They also got Rock Yasin from the Indianapolis Colts. So everybody's trying to figure out a way to get better and, and and go from there. And and the Saints, I think everything as we said earlier is hinging upon this quarterback situation. And uh, you look. In any decision made, you're going to have some people that absolutely love it, and you're going to have some people that absolutely loathe it, and I understand the reasonings why. I really, truly do. You know what cures everything? Is if the saints get him, and the saints win. And then he's one of us. And we will forgive, we won't forget, but we will forgive, and hopefully... Those things will not rear their ugly head ever again. Um, But there's a lot out there, and who knows what's going to happen uh, once the league uh, comes up with its mandate and decides what what, what it's going to do with Deshaun Watson. It may be a moot point for the Saints. It may be a problem for the Falcons. If the Falcons got Deshaun Watson, would you take a flyer on a one- or two-year deal with – Matt Ryan to be your quarterback? I know he's getting up there. He's played for the Falcons and he's struggled. But Saints are a better team than the Falcons. They have a better offensive line than the Falcons. They have better skill position people than the Falcons. Wouldn't that add to the the spice of that rivalry? It's already, I think, coming down between the Saints and the Falcons for Deshaun Watson. What if the Saints lose it? Do you go with Jameis Winston? Do you experiment? Do you try and get Matt Ryan on a, on a cheaper deal to come your way? Yeah, I don't know. Or would the Falcons give Matt Ryan up knowing that Deshaun Watson is going to face some a suspension and is going to have to miss some games? How many? I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. Boy, this is like you talk about rolling the dice and taking a chance. We'll see. We'll see what happens as soon as it does happen. uh, We'll figure it all out. But in the meantime, everybody's kind of on pins and needles. Hey, a shout-out to Southeastern Louisiana last night. Um, They beat Ole Miss, who at the time was the number one ranked team in the country. They beat them 5-1. to That was the Lions' third win over a ranked team. And it doesn't get any higher than what the old Miss Rebels were as they traveled to Hammond. So, shout out to Southeastern. We'll take a time out here when we come back. Hump Day with Huguenin, one of my favorite guests, Michael Huguenin of OnFree.com. We'll talk all things college sports after this time out on The Jordy Hulpert Show. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're the game, and we are Southwest Louisiana's. Sports Station.
0: The Jordy Holberg show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best.
2: This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it.
0: Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right, let's play ball. ball. Back to only the best on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: 34 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to the Jordy Helper Show, brought to you by Eon Smarter Body Contouring. It's uh, it's Wednesday. Let's do it.
0: Uh-oh. Do you know what day it is? Huh? Anybody? It's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Here is Hump Day with Huguenin. Woo-hoo! On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: My main man, Michael and Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. I had to, It's pouring down rain here, and my dog is not the
5: most intelligent dog. And he was outside, and now there's barking. So, sorry about
1: that. That's okay, man. <laughs> we, we have uh we have been radio, and done it's that. fun, isn't it? Yeah, we've been there, done that, got the postcard. No problem. Um, NCAA tournament's underway. I've got to get your opinion on LSU, Will Wade. And what do you think the NCAA is going to do when they finally come up with a plan of action? Well, that's the thing. The the
5: NCAA and their plans of action when it comes to enforcement um, is (laughs) wildly varied. Uh, I think that... LSU being somewhat preemptive and getting rid of Wade last week will be seen as a point in their favor. Um, but you also wonder, you know we talked last week this has been ongoing for five years. It's taken yeah. forever to get to this point. Um, and, and when they finally got the report from the NCA, they let him go. Um, you wonder if the NCA will say, well, why didn't you let him go earlier? I think LSU's response could be, well, you guys uh, dragged your feet, so maybe we did as well. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's certainly going to be interesting to see what the NCAA does. I think if you look at what happened at Oklahoma State, um, LSU fans I think probably are a little bit worried because Oklahoma State was, was basically banned from uh, postseason participation for a year um, but then you look at, 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 you know, nothing's going on in Arizona yet. Nothing happens at Kansas yet. So, um, with it, with the NCA, you never know. And, and that's, yeah. I think, part of the problem with the NCA. There, nothing is done quickly and not, nothing is done equally to schools. It's, it's, again, wildly varied. Um, yeah, just gonna sort of have to grit your teeth if you're an LSU fan and wait.
1: You know, NC State's one of those schools where they had a ruling um, and they decided, you know what, we're not going to punish the kids because they weren't involved with this, but but Mark Gottfried was and they gave him a, like, what, a three-year show cause deal and another assistant coach even longer than that. Um, I think that may be the way that this NCAA – or this um, independent accountability resolution process goes on, I just, I don't know if Will Wade will ever coach in college again.
5: Right, and I think that you like it when the NCA takes into account the fact that the players at the school now were not involved. But then you look at, mm-hmm. again, what happened at Oklahoma State. They were banned from the postseason this year, and none of the players were around when any of these violations were committed, and that's, again, I think that's what infuriates people about the yes. NCAA, both both those in college athletics and those who are just fans. Nothing is ever the same with the NCAA, but I, I agree with you on Wade. It, it, I think it, it, he is going to get a show-calls penalty. Um, people with show-calls penalties, though, do end up coaching elsewhere. Um, <laughs> Kevin Broad, is the, the guy who was at Binghamton, coaches in the MEAC at, at Morgan State, so um, sometimes these guys do get back into the business.
1: Well, explain to our audience when they say a, a, sh- a show clause. Um, what does that mean? What is, so in other words, if Will Wade uh, all of a sudden got interest from Mississippi State, who's got a job opening? What what would Mississippi State have to do in order to satisfy the NCAA and hire him? Yeah, you, there, there
5: is a. Um, I guess, for lack of a better term, a hearing. You can say, um, you know, you, you, you're free to hire this guy, but he it's, it's he won't be allowed to coach unless there is a, like I said, a, there's a hearing. In some respects, um, and the and the and the coach and the school can make a case. Um, I think, though, that for the most part, when you, when you when when a show cause is given. Um, there's not much reason to think that a show cause will be lifted immediately. Maybe, maybe if for instance, in a, in a situation where a coach gets a five-year show cause, maybe there's an appeal and it's cut to three. Um, I, gotcha. but, uh, okay. I, I, I tend to think that if a coach gets a show cause, he's going to be out for a while.
1: How difficult of a hiring job is it going to be for Scott Woodward to hire a basketball coach now?
5: Well, I think it's all going to be the creativity so to speak, of the contract offered the new guy. Um, okay, so. You know, maybe if, it's, if if LSU's hit with a two-year penalty, two years is automatically extended, the contract is automatically extended two years, there, there's ways around it. Um, okay. I, I think if I'm a coach looking at LSU, I'm thinking, okay, this is a good job, even with looming slash pending NCA sanctions. Because, um, one, who knows how serious they're going to be? And if it's a one-year postseason ban, you can live with that uh, as a coach because you, you know, okay, fine, I'll, I'll have one year sort of free. But it's, you know, you, you look at Arizona this year. First-year coach took over a program that faced NCA sanctions, um, had, been, had been hit with some NCA sanctions, and they're 31 and three in a number one seed. So, Unbelievable. um, this isn't football where a process generally takes minimum of two years usually three, maybe even four. Basketball can be turned around exceedingly quickly. Plus, this is not a program that's down in the dumps. It's a program okay. that's in the NCAA tournament. So I don't yeah. think it'll be as hard as some people think to find a new coach at LSU. Plus, there's always folks out there who are enamored with the idea. I can be a coach at a school with a chip on its shoulder, a collective chip. Um, mm. That that appeals to some people. Plus, um, Woodward has been known to swing for the fences. Yeah. Um, he's willing to spend money. So yeah. if I'm an LSU fan, I'm confident that, hey, yes, we have some problems here with the basketball program, but let's look at what Woodward has done. He's not, you know, this is going five for five here. He hired a football coach. He hired a women's basketball coach. Um, he hired a baseball coach. Now, for four, four, now, it's a men's back. Now it's a now it's a uh, men's basketball. So yeah. he's used to hiring for, for big time jobs. <laughs> yeah. I think you could argue that he's done a really good job in his hiring
1: so far. He's hired a soccer coach. He's hired a volleyball coach. He's he's hired just about everybody. I think. Um, I think gymnastics was uh, okay. I think uh, golf was okay. Just about everybody else, he's he's brought his guys in. So so we shall see. Can they get? Can they get a big name coach? I'm thinking of you know. I'm thinking of people like a Scott Drew. I mean, he, he went into Baylor and got Kim Mulkey. I know because she was coming home. Scott Drew took over a Baylor program that, my goodness. It, far worse than what LSU. Oh, yeah. Far worse than what LSU's talking about here. And look what he did at that program.
5: Right. And the first year at LSU, uh, first year at Baylor, I don't believe they were allowed to play non-conference games. Right. So, um, he's, he's had um a history of you know total rebuild. I mean, I said this is not a total rebuild, and there are a lot of rumors that Scott Drew, um, he won the national title last year, Baylor. Got a number one seat again. That he had, he would be willing to listen to other jobs because I think the, the you know the long term viability of the Big Twelve is always going to be a concern. Right. Um, and so that's yeah. I mean, Scott Drew's name has come up. I've heard it at Florida as well. So I don't yeah. think Florida uh, would would be as appealing as LSU, uh, even with LSU potentially facing um, potential NCA violations. So you know I don't know if I don't know if Scott Drew truly is looking to leave. But if you're, you know, Scott Woodward swings for the fences, so I think you can be sure if you're an LSU fan that he's going to do his due diligence in terms of, hey, are you interested? Um, he's going to make people tell him no. He's not going to be afraid to call somebody yeah. because he
1: hears a no. I would certainly call Tony Bennett at Virginia. I mean, if he can win at Virginia with their academic uh, requirements, he certainly say, he, can, he can do a Brian Kelly and come win here. Yeah, and I think – Bennett,
5: is his offense is not as appealing to certain fan bases, I think, as a Scott Drew offense. But Tony Bennett, um, because he plays the pack line defense and is a defense-oriented coach. But if Tony Bennett wants to leave Virginia, he's going to have ample opportunity this year. Um, The Louisville job was a tremendous job. It looks like they're going to hire Kenny Payne um LSU and Florida are open. Who knows what what else might potentially come open. Xavier might come open, but yep. LSU and Florida are yeah, big time jobs in the SEC at schools um that are not afraid to spend
1: money. All right, let's talk about the NCAA tournament. Um is this going to be a crazy wild one or is it going to always, you know, you get some upsets, but usually the you know, the high seeded teams always make their way into the final four.
5: Yeah, but you know, last year UCLA played in the first four, got to the yeah. final four. Um, True, and I think there's. I think the parity this year is. I know you've been watching all year. I've been watching all year. There is a tremendous amount of parity, yeah. um, and, and that's I think going to make for extremely interesting tournament. Um, at the same time, you look at a school like Kentucky. You look at Kansas, you look at Arizona, and if you look at it dispassionately, you know, totally analytics point of view, it's hard to see those three teams not advancing a long way. Um, they have star power, they have good coaches, um, and yes, they're you know they face some potentially dangerous opponents, but they're better than the teams they're going to play. Um, but I still think it's going to be a relatively wild tournament. Um, but I would, I would be surprised if there's any seed higher than a three wins it. So I think yeah. Illinois, for instance, could get there as a four. But Illinois also could lose in the first round. Yeah. Um, but right. it, it, I think it's going to be a wild tournament. But yeah, I think that when everything is said and done, it's, it's still going to be a highly seeded team that wins
2: it.
1: LSU opens up with the Iowa State. Remarkable job that that coach has done to take a team that was two and twenty-two under Prom a year ago, and to get them into the tournament this year. That that's I mean that's remarkable, and that shows that you can do a lot of work in one off season
5: because of the transfer portal. Yeah, Oppelberger yeah. has done a really nice job. Um, Iowa State started out a half a fire. Um, they finished four games under five hundred in their league have a ton of big-time wins. Um, it's a team that has some flaws. It is a well-coached team. Um, and I think if you look at LSU, um, I, I would argue that Iowa State's like, okay, fine, they're more athletic than we are, but they've also undergone a ton of turmoil here in the mm-hmm. past week. How focused are they going to be? Um So, I think if if you're looking for a potential upset, I think that's a legitimate one to pick just because of all the goings on at LSU in the past week. Now, the flip side of that is maybe this galvanizes LSU. And they're like, we're we're really good. We're talented. If we bear down, we can go a long way in this tournament. But I think I would take a prime example of a team that you can do a lot of work as a first year coach, even in a Power Five league
0: in
1: one offense remarkable they beat uh iowa they beat texas they beat texas tech who you got lsu or uh the cyclones who you who i I picked Iowa
5: state just because i think there is a ton of turmoil with lsu and you again you know these aren't grown men 30 years old who are used to this these are 19 20 year old guys who wait a second here we just fired our coach and one of the assistants what's going on here so um and Iowa state is a team that's got a lot of good wins now they also have a ton of losses um but I, I think iowa state takes advantage of lsu's the turmoil surrounding lsu's program
1: they'll certainly have the crowd advantage i uh, talked to someone yes. from uh, the it's about yeah. a five-hour drive to milwaukee you I, I don't know if many lsu fans are making the trip up to milwaukee for this one i, I just don't see that um uh, michael hugan and on com. so who's your final four big guy
5: that's a good question i still don't know um I do think that Kansas, Illinois, I like Kansas, Illinois, um, Kentucky, um, not sure in the West though. Um, I, you know, I I like watching Gonzaga play. Um, I just don't know if they're physically tough enough. That's that, Mm -hmm. that cost them last year.
3: Um,
5: I, I think if I had to pick a team to win it, uh, I would pick Kansas. Um, so Arizona is extremely intriguing to me as well. Um, Actually, not not Kansas, Kentucky, but I think Arizona. That's an, another first-year coach who's done a really good job, Tom Lloyd. That is yeah. an extremely athletic group. Um, tons of great athletes, high-flying guys. They shoot they get, the ball yeah. well. They play really good defense. Um, so if, if, I think if I, you know, I just said I'd pick, I pick. I think I'm going to pick Arizona. Um, I go back and forth hourly on this, but I, yeah, Arizona, I can see winning. Um, it it would be a great story for a first year coach to win it all. Which
1: which team has the most NBA players? Is it Kentucky? Is it Arizona? Is it Gonzaga? Is it somebody else? I I, I think it's either Kentucky or Arizona in my book. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I think, I think Arizona has got a lot of them. Um, again, extremely athletic team, extremely young team, the Benedict Thuring kid. I I don't know if anybody has seen him play because they play on the West coast. Um, He's he is really play. good. That's a yeah. well-coached team. Tommy instilled in still toughness, and I think that's the thing that struck me. He came. He comes from Gonzaga. Um, he's got physically more imposing players. Yeah. Um, now, Chet Holmgren, he is sort of sort of like a unicorn kind of dude because yeah. I mean, there's not many guys who are that big, who can handle the ball that well, who can shoot the three-pointer. And our legitimate Zingus. rim protectors, even though he weighs what 110 pounds, but um, he, yeah. he does squat a lot of shots. Drew Timmy's not bad. I still wonder about the Gonzaga backcourt. Uh, yeah, that's that. That's my concern we'll with see. Gonzaga. But um, yeah, yeah this we'll is I, yeah, this is going to be, I think, a, a great tournament. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the one. The, the East region, I, I think, Kentucky is in really good shape to come out of there. The other regions, um, they go back and forth. Um, I've, I've I know earlier a... I, I spoke about how high I am on Illinois. But then you're like, wait a second, can they even beat Illinois? I mean, can I even beat Arizona? So, yeah, who knows? It, it, it is. <laughs> back really and forth. Be, think, a fabulous All
1: right, well, go enjoy it, my friend. Always great talking to you, buddy. You take care. I've been on Kentucky's right, bandwagon from day one. We'll see. Michael Hugan at On3.com. Take care, man.
0: All I Tune in next week to the Jordy Holbert Show for Hump Day with Huguenot. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Birthday wishes when we return. Stay with us.
0: Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holbert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right, let's wrap things up. Today is your birthday, March 16th. Happy, happy, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Um, You share yours with a couple of NBA players. 32 years old is Blake Griffin, and he could be the MVP this year. Joel Embiid is 27 years young today. Uh, Special thanks, Chris Rose for glue. Maybe tomorrow we're talking about a new quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. We'll see. Blake Lavelle on uh, the NCAA tournament. Ali Cassell, all things NBA and Michael Huguenin from onfree.com. Um James, thank you so much for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in on this Wednesday edition brought to you by Eon of Lafayette, smarter body contouring. Come on back tomorrow same time 2 to 4. Same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We'll uh talk with our our um good guy from uh, the NFL um, more on free agency and uh, and everything, and the NBA. We'll, we'll talk about it all in the NCAA tournament. So come on back, same time, two to four, same great stations. Uh, until then, I'm Jordy Heldberg. Stay thirsty, my friends. By all means, do everything you can to stay healthy, my friends. And um, come on, let's all be happy, my friends. And I was thinking of Frank Schwab. That's who I was thinking of. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow. So long, everybody.